PIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid. Welcome to CIO Talk Radio with your host, Sun Joke All. All comments, views, and opinions expressed on this show are strictly those of the host, guests, and callers. Now, here's Sun Joke All. Good morning and welcome to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. And as always, we invite you to join the discussion on Twitter, hashtag CTRAlive, and look for this show as hashtag CMO. Today's topic is the shared CIO and CMO agenda. And our guests for today's show are Ram Handler, who's the CMO of the Las Vegas Sands Corporation, and he's also the member of CMO Collective. Good morning, Ram. How are you? Good morning. Good morning, Sangchung. Very good. Very good. So, life treating you good? Uh, yes. A lot of travel and very busy. Can't complain. Great. And we good. also have... Pro- very good. And we have Professor Mohan Birsani, who's the Director of the Center for Research in Technology and Innovation in the Marketing Faculty of Kellogg Graduate School of Business at Northwestern. Good morning, Professor. How are you? Good morning, Sanjog. I'm, I'm really well. Glad to be on the show. Great, great. Now, it's no illusion that the roles of both CIO and CMO are changing rapidly as uh, new technologies change the way business is deriving value or looking to derive value. In the past, we talked about how the CIO and CMO historically have not been the best partners and whether or not they should be working together and how. But today we would like to look into what that agenda between them would look like such that the partnership is best for everyone. Now, with that said, Ram, the question I would like to ask you here is what are the new demands which are prompting people to innovate and uh, basically CIOs are trying to innovate and they would like to see CMO to partner with? So, obviously, in the last um, 15 years, 10 to 15 years, technology advanced dramatically. But I think in the last five years, especially um, with the introduction of uh, social media, big data, things are so much rapid than before that uh, in order to be in, or, in order to be up to speed with everything that is happening especially if you want to be very customer centric and customer oriented in an environment that especially us in the hospitality entertainment gaming industry we are very customer centric obviously then um, you have to be very agile you have to be very fast and a lot of the things are evolving around technology. So in the past, if you could have taken six months to 18 months to, to do a project, now you can't do it anymore. And you need to be very agile and you're very, very dependent on your, on your IT department and on this partnership. So, uh, Mohanbir, in your uh, experience, as you've uh, spoken to a lot of people in technology as well as in the marketing organizations, do you think uh, marketers are now also trying to, or the CMOs for that matter, are trying to become the technology leaders or they still have uh, been given the directive, you show me the brand awareness, and that's about where your role ends? Um, yes, indeed. I think the landscape is changing quite rapidly. And as, uh, as Ram was talking about, uh, particularly the context of social media and big data, um, you know, there's, there's, there's some experts believe that uh, in five years from now, the CMO may be controlling more of the IT spend 
in a, in a corporation than the CIO. Um, so the uh, the emphasis on sort of data-driven decision making, uh, leveraging uh, all of the new types and forms of information that we have on customers and uh, is is becoming uh, very very central to the CMO agenda. And we have uh, new platforms, new technologies, new applications that. Uh, that allow us to get uh, new customer insights uh, by leveraging all of the data that's available, as well as you know data that's coming from mobile devices. So, uh, so now the CMO is placed in this uh, rather unfamiliar terrain of uh, of, of actually leading uh, some of the technology investments and decisions that need to be made, and uh, and therein lies kind of the potential for a. Uh, stronger partnership because uh, they have traditionally not, uh, you know, they have been influencers but have not been decision makers in the in the in the area of technology. So that is going to 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 change. That's going to evolve, and I think the emphasis really on on technology spends also shifts now from just supporting infrastructure and maintaining data centers and sort of the traditional kinds of applications that CIOs have managed to really uh, the customer facing. Uh, and marketing uh, decision support types of applications. Uh, of course, this is happening in other domains to operations and risk management, but we're just focusing on the CMO for a minute. And that's, uh, so, 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 so I think the center of gravity is shifting, uh, so the CMOs really now need to kind of, you know, ed- educate themselves, raise their level of understanding of how technology can work for them, and, uh, and in that context, they... Uh, the CIO also has to step up to that job. So, Ram, based on what Mohanbir just said, do you think we really need to have CMO stretch beyond their uh, area of expertise and try to become the execution expert, which is traditionally the forte of technology, and rather remain the visionary that they are always expected to be and come out with disruptive innovations and different ways they can use data and let the churning aspect, the data churning aspect, be left to someone who does that well and they are naturally suited for and they have been formally trained for and have the required experience for it? Um, I actually absolutely agree, and I think that it's uh, there are all these articles about five years from now the CMO going to control more of the IT budget than the CIO, um, and I think that we are already very close there. I mean, from a corporate perspective, I spend about probably fifty to sixty percent of my time and effort and my team about looking at uh, e-commerce technology, CRM, data analytic, big data. Uh, it might be that we are a little bit different because we operate we don't operate as a global brand. Las Vegas Sand is not really a, it's more of a corporate brand for investment. We own the Venetian and Palazzo in Las Vegas and we have properties in Macau and in Singapore and Marina Bay Sands. So each one is more of an independent brand, but uh, I spend a lot of my time on uh, on technology. Now when you look at the CMO CMO role and I speak a lot about it in different uh, conferences and forums. In my opinion, the role already changed. If you looked at it about 10 or 15 years ago, even five years ago, when you look for the CMO, you look for somebody who is a very strong branding um, 
expertise. So often you would see people that used to work for agencies and or people that came from um, from the traditional fast-moving goods as far as uh, you know traditional marketing, Procter and Gamble. When you look at it today. Um, I think that you see more and more people that they have some branding experience, but it's only one element of uh, the overall experience, and it's not really the main background. They are coming more from, first of all, uh, analytics, um, um, because anything that you do today from a marketing perspective, if you look at e-commerce, you need to understand analytics because everything is very measurable and you need to understand very strong, you need to have very strong business notion from ROI. So in the past, you had to have a lot of concern and issues with your CFO. I think today it's less of an issue because the marketeer are more business mind people. And um, obviously the big data, all the analytics, you need to have a strong statistical background, uh, understanding how to do segmentation. And, and the branding is just another pillar of the overall role of the CMO. And now, back to what Mon said, is the demand from a technology perspective is also increasing. And, and the, the expectation of uh, the CMO to understand the different technology, especially consumer-facing um, technologies, are very high. So, Mohan, uh, when we when we speak about uh, this this expectation, one is somebody could have an implied expectation. Another is that it is tied to your performance bonus and or your paycheck. So, do you think the CMOs today are being actually measured based on how well do they understand data-driven decision-making or they are still seen uh, or, or they're still measured and given the performance bonus on based on how they establish the market share, the brand visibility. So where, where is the focus in terms of measuring their effectiveness? Well, I, I don't think that the measures have changed. I mean, at the end of the day, as a chief marketing officer, you still need to shepherd your brand, steward your brand and to, uh, you know, to, 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 to to, to grow the, the company. So uh, the business outcomes um, and the dashboard, the KPIs, I don't think have, have changed. But what has changed are the tools that you... Uh, so in other words, uh, you know, let's say that you are one of your metrics is sort of, you know, what does my brand equity look like and what is the perception of the company in the marketplace? And that's, you know, managing the corporate brand is one of the CIO's uh, deliverables. I'm sorry, the CMO's deliverables. So while that has not changed, but it is no longer possible to manage a brand in a social media-enabled, big data-driven world without actually changing your toolkit or enhancing your toolkit. Um, and I'll give you an example of a case study of a company that I've been advising um, for the past few months. And it's a classic e- example of how these things are coming together. So the company... Um, is a big data uh, company. It's a startup company. It's called Motive Quest. And what they do is they do online anthropology. They analyze masses of conversations that are naturally occurring in the, you know, in the in the in the online world, and uh, delve into those conversations to look for insights for branding. So, for instance, um, you know, a, you you might mine the conversations in the whole area of uh, how people do baking and what baking means to them and the emotions that are associated with sort of being creative in, in baking, and then use that for uh, the CMO of Pillsbury to drive brand positioning. 
So, uh, so that's an example of how the decisions, you know, the end, at the end of the day, you're still for trying to find insightful ways to position your brand, to differentiate yourself from competition, and so on. But now, you know, this toolkit uh, of online anthropology combined with analytics uh, and, uh, you know, semantic analysis of uh, what, what emotions are being talked about in the marketplace is a toolkit that you didn't have. Traditionally, what you would have done, you would have done a perceptual mapping or you would have done a survey, uh, but now you can enable that through literally millions of data points and in real time. So, uh, so I think the, 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 what has not changed is what the CMO's deliverables are, but what has changed is the, uh, is the arsenal that you have at your disposal. So therefore, your ability to achieve those outcomes will be impacted by your, you know, IQ in this in, and your level of understanding of how to harness and leverage uh, these new tools. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And, Ram, when we come back, we'd like to talk about trust in an organization. So one is to really, based on what uh, Mohanbir just said, that we have to really get uh, well-versed with the toolkit, the newer toolkit, which is required for us to do our job well. One is to get better in terms of getting educated on it, but another is to literally take over that as if somebody else or another department is not able to uh, deliver or there is some historical data which proves that if we were to only get good, reliable results, we will have to take it over. Is there enough proof out there that CMOs really have to take over IT for them to get the number crunching done in the way they want? Or is this more of anxiety because they are supposed to use this new toolkit, they do not know enough, but they want to feel more in control and that's why uh, this takeover, uh, you know, this perception of that they have to take over IT is, is uh, percolating in the marketplace. So please stay tuned, we'll be right back and explore this. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, Ram, based on the conversation so far, it seems like uh, CMOs are looking for that extra education and this in this new territory and want to feel comfortable and want to leverage this data-driven decision-making. So if you were to go back and try to acquire that skill, maybe just we could stop at educating ourselves versus trying to take over the very execution of it. And if at all that's happening, that also is kind of indicating that CMOs or their organization doesn't trust technology folks to be able to do timely crunching and the quality crunching that they need to make decisions. 
So, I mean, it, it's an interesting question about the trust. Um, I'm a big believer in structure and clear roles and responsibility that drives accountability. Um, and when you when you have very clear roles and responsibility, um, then it's just about finding the right people. Because then when something doesn't go well, you know exactly where the issues are and where to look for, and then you can understand what's the problem, and then you see if the problem is the is actually the person that is in charge of it, the skill set, their personality, their fit into organization, et cetera, et cetera, and then you can address it. Um, so back to the question of trust, I can tell you from a personal um, experience, yes, there is lack of trust because um, from a marketing perspective, um, like mentioned before, we are more and more dependent on uh, on the IT, on the or our IT resources, our systems, our support, and the ability to be agile and uh, and react and be proactive to the market. So if you don't have a strong partner, um, it's it's very problematic. It can create a lot of tension, and you see most of the time that the biggest tension right now in organization is between uh, marketing and uh, NIT. Now, that said, when, when you look at it, I still believe that if you have the right people with the right skill set in the marketing organization and the IT organization, you can develop a very strong uh, partnership. That said, there are some things that are more agile, you know, especially in the social media world and e-commerce that... Um, IT should drive into shifting into marketing by giving the basic tool, but uh, the day-to-day operation should be controlled within the marketing organization. So, uh, Bonbir, do you think a collaborative approach versus taking control would be a better uh, would 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 give us better outcome? Because it seems like if if CMOs were to become the biggest customer of IT. And they'd say, I'm going to take you over so you dance to my tunes. Do you think that is going to end up giving the world and the businesses which are doing that within the organization the best best results? Yeah, I, I, absolutely. I mean, this is uh, control is a four-letter word, actually. It's not, it's not about who owns what. It really is about how do you work together uh, to drive the common goals, um, you know, which is, by the way, not the easiest path. I mean, controlling something taken over uh, is, is perhaps easier in the short run, but in the long run it compromises the organization. So, uh, you know, just like, uh, you know, this is, this is deja vu. Ten years ago we were talking about the divide between the CIO and the CEO, right, between the IT and business as a whole. And, and how that was to be bridged by kind of the new age CIO who really was a strategic partner for business uh, as opposed to, you know, just running the IT shop and uh, sitting in the basement. Uh, so now that conversation is, you know, we're talking about now the CIO-CMO divide, which is in, in some ways is a reflection of that earlier conversation. So, uh, so it, it will take, um, so, so, so I absolutely believe that collaborative and a cross-functional approach is the way to go because at the end of the day, uh, chief marketing officers are not, you know, not, they don't want to run the IT shop. They don't want to control the IT assets. That's not, you know, it's sort of like, uh, you know, if you want milk, you don't need to buy the cow or the dairy farm. Uh, so that's, that's really still should remain the realm. And the other problem is that these newer uh, tools that we're talking about, whether they are cloud mobility or social media analytics, need to be integrated 
you know, into the enterprise systems. Um, you know, for instance, uh, there's a company that uh, uh, that I've been working with uh, for the last couple of years. It's called uh, Axtria, and they are an analytics. They're a marketing analytics uh, uh, firm. But their value proposition is that they link the analytics to the ERP systems and the CRM systems that the, that the company already has. Because the problem that that we're seeing today is that we're building up silos of uh, of analytics capabilities that are run outside of the enterprise outside of the enterprise data warehouse. And uh, while that may be good in the you know because it's agile in the short run. But in the long run, you really need to to, to integrate uh, with your core systems these newer analytical tools. Um, and the only way that that can work is for a deep partnership between the CMO and the CIO, because it's the CIOs who know the plumbing. It's they, they they are they are much better skilled at the integration. So the danger in the CMO taking over is that they would rely on largely on outsourced capabilities and, uh, you know, analytics tools that third parties or outsourcers would build for them, but then those tools sit in a silo. So we end up creating silos of new capabilities, silos of new technology that uh, in the long run becomes a big mess. So uh, but so that's, that's why I absolutely believe the collaborative approach is the way to go. But what that will require is it will require, you know, both sides taking steps. Uh, it requires uh, CIOs to take steps towards really understanding more deeply uh, this this domain of analytics and actually building uh, or hiring new sorts of people. So this an, and 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 in this context, I'll say there's a there's a new species that we need a lot more of, and that is the data scientist. So the data scientist is is not a is not an IT guy. He's not a marketing guy. He is actually an analytics professional who understands both the business applications, the business problems being addressed, whether it's customer segmentation, fraud prevention, credit risk, whatever it is, uh, or pricing, but also understands the tools and technologies. So, uh, so an interesting question that then emerges is that you know where do these data scientists come from? Where do they sit? And you know who do they report to, and how do you build that analytics team? Um, you know, and I think this is going to be one of the big challenges going forward: is to actually build the human resource capabilities uh, to manage the tools. In the short run, I believe that uh, it will be you know complemented by uh, third parties, by outsourced providers. That is why you see the outsourced analytics business. Really skyrocketing, you know, companies like Mu Sigma or EXL, Genpack, WNS. These are all companies that are getting aggressively into the analytics space, cognizant and so on, uh, as well as the big players, Accenture and IBM. So there's a there's a the market for analytics uh, as an outsource capability is is expanding, but I think in the long run we'll need to augment that with internal capability development. So it's not just about the tools; it's also about the people. And in that context, again, you need that collaboration. So very well uh, explained, uh, Monbir. Thank you. Now, Ram, coming to you, based on what uh, Monbir says, and I'm sure you'd agree that collaboration is the key, but if you have to collaborate, you've got to come down to the agenda. And if you are measured differently, if you are uh, thinking differently, your own agendas are, are what are driving you, there has to be some sort of a convergence. So what's that magic formula to bring those two totally different animals together and work who have never worked really together? 
they are just working with each other but not for for the common goal at all times but now this is the time how do you make that transition so if you ask me some of this question that uh, we've been talking about the last 25 minutes um prior to november you would hear a completely different types of answer than what uh, you're going to hear from me today just because um at the beginning of december i believe our former previous cio um left the company and i was tasked to be the interim cio um the reason that i was tasked to be the interim cio was um because we needed someone what well, we were searching for a permanent cio and since uh, everybody agreed that i was me and my department was the biggest customer of the cio and i was the one that complaining the most about the it department then this way it kind of appeased everybody and brought more peaceful environment to our company so till um late june or july um i was acting both as the cio and cmo therefore everything we just talked about was very easy i brought a lot of i brought the two people together very very closely as you can imagine um and what what i've seen is a lot of what uh, uh monbeer was mentioning is uh, i really saw the other side of the equation so the cio and all the requirement that they have and i really worked on bringing the it organization closer to the business and aligning the requirement and the agenda of it with the business with a strategic plan and obviously um that align it very much so with the marketing plan i had to be very careful not to be biased completely towards marketing but as we mentioned when you look at the list of uh, requirement and the list of project that IT has um marketing sits uh, depending obviously on the evolution of the company but marketing more evolved the company is from uh, infrastructure and and traditional IT um it needs then marketing sits very high on the priority list so what you see is that uh, right now we have a new cio in place we found someone that is very business oriented that understand very much so the um, the the culture and the need of the marketing organization today in the era of social media big data mobile etc etc and you see that the partnership is much more aligned monbeer do you think there is a way to truly define on a white sheet of paper what an agenda a collaborative agenda which is required for both cio and cmo camps to follow what would that look like Well, I think it, 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 the, the, the alignment uh, begins with uh, the common business priorities, right? So I think that would that's where I would start with. I would start with uh, you know the business strategy of the company. That uh, you know, they, so 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 for instance, let's say I am uh, you know Progressive Insurance, and uh, and I have a uh, I'm a direct uh, seller of insurance, and uh, let's say that I am now getting into home insurance. uh homeowners insurance so that you know so that my, might be one of my agendas is to enter into a new market to do customer acquisition to build market share to uh, and to also to evolve the brand from being perceived purely as an automotive insurer to someone that does home also so those are 
those will be the business priorities, okay? So step one is to articulate, you know, what your business strategy, and that actually comes neither from the CMO or the CIO by themselves. It's really, you know, the conversation at the leadership team level, including the CEO. Uh, having said that, then I think we need to define what are the, uh, you know, what are the capabilities that we will need, the analytics that we will need, the information, and the initiative that we will need in order to be able to achieve those objectives. So, so that's kind of step two. So in this case, you say, okay, uh, well, then this translates into uh, a much better way to understand what the segmentation looks like in the homeowner's insurance marketing market and to be able to then identify how our brand is perceived and what the opportunities are. So that then translates into analytics projects that you would need to do in order to you know, achieve achieve those those goals, and and then then you get to the discussion of tools, um, and uh, and technologies. So I think that the, the the simple insight here in collaboration is put the horse before the cart. You know, you know, put put the business agenda first, and evolve from there the initiatives, and then back into the tools and the capabilities that will be needed. Uh, as opposed to kind of you know starting with, well, what kind of CRM and or you know cloud-based infrastructure do we need to buy, or or or, or you know what sort of uh, social media analytics uh, platform do we need to use? I think those will those are all uh, we, what we need to understand is while we have much better tools now, uh, but you know somebody once told me that a a fool with a tool is still a fool, so you st- you, st- you still need to uh, put the tools in the service of the business agenda. And I think at the end of the day, it's the business agenda where the alignment happens, and then you work backwards from there. So, Ram, uh, very well said, Monby, by the way. Uh, and, um, Ram, when we, when we look at these playbook steps that Monbir outlined, do you think these are cryptic or not well understood, or is there some problem in the very execution of those steps in that order? Um, yes, there is problem in the execution. Again, I think it has to do, I mean, uh, Monbir mentioned about the, the objective of the company and the stra- strategy. So if you look at a five-year strategy plan and especially uh, in a one-year annual plan, one of the issues is really prioritizing project for IT. So um, there is always a lot of needs. There is always a lot of things happening. And um, you have IT sitting in the middle and trying to prioritize all the business needs that are coming from all the different facets of the of the uh, spectrum, the world. Depends how your organization is built, how centralized it is versus how local it is, how global it is versus how regional it is, et cetera, et cetera. So... I think one of the biggest issues is really setting up the roles and, and, and responsibility. And one of the things that I've done, I was telling my IT leaders, all the different CIO in the different region, is that, first of all, you guys should never say no. You are a service provider to to the business, therefore the business is your customer. And the same way that we are cent- customer-centric on external customer, you need to be customer-centric on internal customer. Now, by not saying no, it doesn't mean that you need to do everything that everybody is asking. You need to say, you need to say we can do it, but here is what we need to have in addition as far as resources. From a business perspective, 
we centralized the, um, the prioritization list with a leader in each, in each location. So it goes up to the top uh, business leader in, in the region. So the CEO or, or, or president of each region, they had to set up the priorities. And IT should say, okay, based on all these projects, this is what we can deliver based on our current uh, resources. And anything above it, either we need to switch a project on the list, or we need to, um, or we need to have additional resource, either hire more people or go outside and get uh, outsourced resources. By doing so, you are aligning IT with the business, and obviously marketing is, uh, like Monbeer explained, going to be part of this list. And um, you are removing a lot of politics as far as which project should be done when. That in the past, at least from my experience, was very dependent on your relationship with the CIO versus the real need of the customer of the business. And and the third thing is you're making IT much more um, focused, accountable, and aligned with the business need. Because they said we can do it, and now we said this is the only project we're going to go, and now you need to deliver. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back. And when we come back, Beard, the question here would be, we have overworked IT with a lot of other projects. And frankly, this area of analytics and using new tools or maybe new paradigms is also new to them. So what is the motivation for technology folks at least to step up and take on more on an already spilling plate and be able to deliver quality so that there is an inherent trust between the two parties and that collaboration has some lasting power. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back and explore. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. Listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sun Jog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll free at 1 866 472 5790. That number again is 1 866 472 5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Jog All. Welcome back. So, Monbeer, overworked IT, what's in it for me? If they don't uh, also know what they're supposed to do, it's a new territory. That's a number of challenges that we were expecting for them to jump through in order for them to deliver as expected. So, so how are we dealing with that? Well, uh, you know, somebody once told me the secret to, to success is always to work smarter and not work harder. Uh, so when you're overworked, uh, you kind of have to really think about um, – how you're spending your time and how you're allocating your resources. 
uh, I think what one thing that we haven't focused on, but sort of is a is a related theme that impinges upon your question, is that um, the same technologies that are creating opportunities for marketing are also creating interesting opportunities for uh, the core CIOs, uh, you know, IT infrastructure. So, uh, so in that context. Uh, you know, virtualization and uh, cloud computing are uh, phenomenally important developments which allow the CIO to actually take stuff off of their plate. Um, so if you're overworked and ask yourself, are you still running data centers? Are you still managing, you know, legacy enterprise applications? Uh, and is there a way to kind of, you know, ditch your your sort of legacy systems and move to the cloud. I mean, consider, um, you know, what Salesforce.com has done in the CRM space more recently, NetSuite, Workday, and so on, you know, all of these cloud-based applications. So virtually now, many parts of your, your, your business, everything, the entire stack, all the way from your data center to the platforms to the applications that run on top of it can really be moved to the cloud. Uh, and and when and once and the and the core benefits of uh, moving to a service model in the cloud is that now you are um, not no longer responsible for the physical asset, either the acquisition of the asset or the maintenance of the asset, and uh, you simply manage a service. So I think that by freeing up bandwidth and actually freeing up capital and freeing up resources. Uh, by taking advantage of virtualization and, and cloud-based applications, uh, you can, as a CIO, then focus more on the newer strategic applications that you need to manage. So, you know, you talked, we talked earlier in the show about who has control or who wants control. One of the things that CIOs have to now sort of get comfortable with is to give up control of, you know, you don't know, no longer, you know, you no longer want to manage your, you know, data centers. And, and, and that, with that said, in certain industries like financial services, yeah, you'll still need to manage your core trading platforms and so on. But anything that's peripheral, whether it's HR applications or Salesforce applications or even even eventually, you know, supply chain, ERP, all the stuff can be pushed outside the enterprise and virtualized into a service that then gives you, not only gives you more agility, but frees up bandwidth to focus on these newer demands. So, um, Ram, when you look at the shared agenda, do you think this agenda will have to incrementally be developed and adopted, or will it have to be a revamp for it to be effective? Uh, I think the agenda obviously going to change as well as the market is changing and the business is changing. And and I think that, um, you know, it's interesting what Mom Beer is saying. It's uh, And I've noticed it a lot in the last uh, few months. Look, at the end of the day, we're talking about business and we're talking about human human being, and human being has a certain human nature that likes to go back to where they're comfortable with, and people don't like change, and they like uh, stability, and they like things that are predictable, and that's why you see a lot of the CIO or the IT leaders don't want to let go of certain things that uh, they have to let go in order to be successful in their new environment. So, um, you know, I had a lot of fights for years to try to just host my website outside of the of our, um, you know, basically in the cloud and have a company that that's what the only thing they do and everybody else is doing it. And the site would go down all the time and I would not have any SLAs, et cetera, et cetera. Eventually, 
we did it and um, and like it's a miracle everything is up all the time and it's no longer an issue for IT so you took away something that is very simple that is very critical for the business and you took it off the IT plate and you actually perform in a much higher level so I think that in both sides both the CMO and the CIO uh, as well as anybody in the organization you have to adapt and you have to change based on the changes in technology based on the changes in in your specific market in your competitive set etc etc and if you don't uh, change, eventually you're going to extend. Now, now we've always traditionally, traditionally bashed, bashed uh, CIOs, uh, right? Uh, we've uh, said, we've okay, said, these okay, guys are not good, or there are some people who are great leaders, leaders, others are not. So, so uh, Mohan, uh, what, what do you, do you think, think about, about the CMOs? The CMOs? What flavors flavor exist? So let's bash CMOs then, uh, since we are the equal <laughs> opportunity in bashing. Um, I, I, I think that uh, we've talked a lot about what CIOs need to do to get with the program. I think that uh, there's a uh, there's a vast uh, sort of a journey that the that she, that CMOs need to make too. I think that just like uh, when I was talking about the, the the divide between CIOs and the line of business uh, that we that was the hot topic 10, 15 years ago. Uh, you know, we 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 then concluded that there were you know the traditional CIOs or legacy CIOs and sort of the new age or the enlightened CIOs who really were partners with business. It's the same thing with marketing. And I think, uh, you know, Ram was mentioning early on that, uh, you know, traditionally CMOs, the, the, the skill sets you looked for were, were they good at branding? Were they creative types? Could they deal with agencies and build, you know, creative advertising campaigns and so on? Very much the right brain. Uh, but now you need the whole brain. I don't think you need to just hire technical people. That's not what you need. You need actually both the analytics understanding as well as the intuition and creativity that makes marketing what it, uh, what, as interesting a field as it is. So, um, so I think that uh, as, as I've worked with CMOs across different industries and different companies, I see vastly different levels of IQ and understanding in the context of you know, leveraging technology. Uh, so, so in, in, in dealing with, for instance, some uh, companies that are direct marketers, whether it's in telecommunications or, or, or financial services, you see a very highly sophisticated understanding in the CMO's office. But in um, some of the more traditional industry, whether it's B2B, industrial, or even some of the FMCG, as consumer packaged goods companies, you still see a little bit more of the traditional CMO. And, uh, you know, so there's going to be a separation of the wheat from the chaff. I think that uh, uh, the, the, the CMO of the future will need to also get with the program to really be have a good understanding. By the way, they don't need to. You know, it's like I don't know what's under the hood of my car. Uh, I can't kind of open up the engine, but I kind of know what a good engine or a powerful engine feels like. So that's the level of, you know, operational fluency, a strategic fluency you will need with technology as a chief marketing officer Otherwise, you're not going to cut it. So, uh, you know, so you will see that the, um, some of the, 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 the older folks who grew up in the legacy environment, you know, some will make the transition and some will not. So I think if I was the CEO at this point looking for uh, marketing leadership in my company, I would definitely be either asking my existing CMOs to uh, educate themselves and to inform themselves 
uh, or I'd be looking for somebody new in that role um, because, uh, you know, the demands on them have changed. So I think that this is not just a journey the CIO has to take. This is a journey the CMO also has to take in terms of their own capabilities and the teams that report to them. So, Ram, based on what was uh, discussed all along and different types of shared agendas and tactics and the quality of leaders at both level, we, we of course, you know, touched those areas. Now, what is the empirical uh, proof, if you will? What's the data based on what all has been tried and what are the results? Is it still a, a work in progress where we, we are still trying to see how do we best match those agendas, how do we best collaborate, or you've been able to, not you per, per se, but basically across the board, we have identified the best practices, if you will, to bring uh, the CMO and CIO camps together in order for it to deliver the best value it can ever do. So just going back for a second to the CIO bashing, I think, um, you know, when I took over the both roles, the CIO and CMO, so I was obviously the CMO and I uh, got a second at a CIO. So in my first uh, marketing, so I do a bi-weekly marketing meeting, the first thing that my team was asking me, so does it mean now that we can no longer bash IT? So they're always very disappointed because we always spend about half of the time in our meetings bashing IT because it was, we're so impacted by IT. So I told them, okay, we have five minutes at the beginning of every meeting and we can bash IT regardless and we pretend that I'm just a CMO and I'm not in charge of this area. So everybody felt very good about it. But uh, kidding aside, um, yes, the bashing on both sides happened, you know, so... IT all the time complain about marketing, that they just want st stuff all the time. They don't understand what it requires. They change their things. Uh, they go rogue on them, and they have their silos, um, like Monbeer mentioned before, with what we call rogue IT department that are silos of databases or data marts or any kind of IT component that are not part of the overall infrastructure. And uh, the business uh, marketing, but business in general, complain about IT, just about lack of delivery, slowness, la lack of responsiveness, etc., etc. Back to the, the work in progress. So... I think that, again, I think I was very lucky um, for, to, to wear both hats for the time that I was doing it. And, and I think we found the right person that's going to continue the legacy that I tried to put in place, which is really bringing the two together. When you bring the two together and when you, when you have very clear priorities and you have the right people in place on both sides, then the issue of control, the issue of collaboration is no longer there. You just set up your strategy and your objectives and you just go down the list and, uh, and execute. So as long as each one, um, perform and does the role, you don't have the, the fight and infraction that normally, normally you have. As far as general in the industry, um, I think that especially in our industry, hospitality, gaming, entertainment, the, um, we are very far from being there. Um, looking at the different people that uh, we interviewed, looking at what our competitors and peers are doing, um, but it's definitely um, it, it is a work in progress. 
Let's take a very quick break. Uh, we'll be right back. And when we come back, look at the people side. So, Monbir, you did mention about we have to have new type of people we have to introduce. Now, those people, maybe they are data scientists or other any other uh, breed, if you will. But then there are the existing people who are used to working in a very conventional manner. And they have their older roles, etc. And now they're supposed to transform themselves even at the marketing end. So what is being done or should be done on the people side in order for the shared agenda to actually show some results. Please stay tuned. We'll be right back. The U.S. and Canada represent just 5% of the global population, but collectively we consume about 35% of the world's resources. Supply is not keeping up with demand, so change is not an option, it's imperative. Siemens brings knowledge to power through modernization, responsible energy consumption, and greening the grid projects. Siemens Smart Grid has the answers. Just Google Lead the Charge Portal. HP is proud to sponsor this program. Tap into our expertise, innovation, and services to bring your most important workloads to the cloud. You are listening to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. If you have a question or comment, call toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to the show. Here's Sun Joke All. Welcome back. So, people side, what is it that we can do to actually have people from marketing? Uh, say, let, let's start with the folks in marketing where they may not actually uh, be as motivated or, or they may not have been coached to that degree where the shared agenda, uh, you know, it could suffer because of that. So, Monbir, what's your advice on that? Well, I think that there is a uh, there, there's a step by step process we need to go through with people, and you know because this is really a capability building exercise. So uh, I think step one is awareness and uh, understanding of the changed landscape, um, and uh, kind of the need to and 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 and, and a better understanding of. Uh, what exactly, for instance, does big data mean in our context? What you know? How can we leverage social media for very specific business goals, like you know, building our brand, driving leads, generating demand, you know, changing customer perceptions, building thought leadership? Uh, so, uh, so I think that uh, there's an as an education element, and I do a lot of that in my capacity as an academic, as a consultant, as a speaker. Um, often called upon by you know, by, by teams to do that, to give you an example of something that, you know, I recently did, and it came out of a crisis, actually. This was a, a company called Geronimo Martins in uh, Portugal. They're the largest grocery chain there, and uh, uh, they were not up with the program on social media. In fact, they had no Facebook presence until somebody put up a fake Facebook page in their name uh, announcing a 50% off the entire store sale for a week from from from, from the time it was posted. And the company went into a panic mode because suddenly they were bombarded with customers saying, you know, when is this sale? Is this true? And it was completely fake. Uh, now, the problem is that the company actually never had a real Facebook page to go tell them this is fake, this is the real page. So they were just caught like deer in the headlights. So uh, 
finally it got to the leadership team to say, you know, they said, well, we need to really uh, build this capability. Uh, so I went in and worked, uh, did a workshop for, for two days with their leadership team in, in Lisbon. And, uh, and, and the whole idea there was to create a common understanding, a common vocabulary to point out where the opportunities lay and to actually identify how they could start to leverage uh, social media and social and analytics for, you know, driving their business goals. Uh, so following that, there are now, you know, the CMO and their organization and the IT organization are energized uh, to work together and, and also have the mandate from the, uh, from the CEO, which was very important because they weren't buying in initially. So I think that you need to catalyze this uh, process through an intervention that puts everyone on the same page to that really comes. And, and then I think I would suggest following up with a, a steering committee or task force that 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 brings together line of business, uh, IT and marketing, and to kind of come up with uh, essentially what would be your uh, your your IT strategy, uh, but IT strategy more focused in this 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 domain, or your analytics strategy. And uh, so I think that that then then going forward you would you need to identify specific initiatives and train people. Uh, the last thing I'll say in this context is that it also places a very important onus on us in universities and in you know business schools to to train our students. So in fact, we have at Kellogg uh, created a uh, we're working on actually creating an analytics major for our students as well as a center for analytics. Uh, where we train the students on sort of what are the uh, you know the new tools as you get their hands dirty, we have them work with data so that when they go into the marketplace, they become brand managers or product managers or marketing uh, CMOs that they would have these uh, skill sets. And in fact, at Northwestern in the engineering school, they actually have created a two-year uh, master's program in analytics. So I think that there is a massive gap in terms of the people. Uh, and their skills, and uh, we, you know, we as as universities and business schools will really need to step up to the challenge to train and to provide this education. That's the starting point for the common agenda. So, thirty seconds or forty-five seconds for you, uh, Ram. Do you have any very succinct advice for folks who are sitting in both camps? Because you lived both camps yourself, about how to make the shared agenda uh, be produced or created and then executed upon for the best result. Yeah, I, I think the main thing I learned was other than prioritization that I mentioned and Mombir just mentioned it is how aligning your prioritization with your strategic plan, which is driven by the business and your objective for the upcoming year or years. Other than this, what I realized is that me acting as a CIO did not require so much understanding of different technology, but really required more of leadership. And by leadership, I mean understanding the need of the business, looking at the organization, build the right structure to really fulfill the need of the business, and therefore driving accountability and and, and evaluate the people and their skill set and really find people that has the right skill set and move people from one role to another where they fit better or if needed, move them completely from the organization if definitely there is not a fit and they are more of an obstacle than a help. 
On behalf of the show and our listeners, I'd really like to thank you both, uh, Professor Monbeer and Ram, uh, for taking the time and also explaining what would it take to build a very good shared agenda, which is very execution, uh, you know, friendly, if you will, and get the right results. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure. And uh, listeners, hope you enjoyed the conversation. Please like us on Facebook, search for CIO Talk Radio, and be sure to follow us on Twitter. Thank you again for listening to CIO Talk Radio. This is Sanjog All, your talk show host. Till next week, take care and God bless. Thank you for tuning in to CIO Talk Radio. To learn more about the show, please visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Please join Sun Joke All next Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time for another hour of CIO Talk Radio on the Voice America Business Channel. CIO Talk Radio is brought to you by HP and Siemens Smart Grid. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest,